0: Longhorn pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email: longhornrepublicpod at gmail at My name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week, like I am every week, and I'm joined by Lincoln Riley's real estate agent, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you?
1: No, oh, I wish I, I it could be selling sunset. Uh, Lincoln Riley has flipped not only the college football landscape, but uh, major major. Cross country real estate Two homes in Norman above market uh, A six million dollar home Reportedly in LA uh, Which you know I'm sure Looks something like Manny Acho's If you saw his picture a few uh, weeks ago uh, you know, Six just-
0: mil gets you 17 square feet
1: <laughs> That's fair But yeah I, whatever six million There's a percentage of that going into some real estate Agents pockets So Lincoln Riley you know, good for the economy Good for everyone but OU.
0: It's stimulating a lot of uh, the economy. It's putting a lot of spending money in people's <laughs> pockets. Let's just let's just say it like that. The best part about this whole thing is that USC is going to get a big head about like causing this big coaching carousel domino effect only to lose to Utah at like 11 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> it's like they're, they're going to lose a regular season game to, to Utah when nobody's watching. That's what's going to happen. No, honestly, Lincoln's probably going to be okay in, you, in California. California, And it is what it is. But um, we're here to talk about kind of the wild week that was. There's a lot that happened. Texas is involved in a lot of it. And obviously the coaching carousel being what it is. Lincoln Riley is out at OU. Brent Venables, former defensive coordinator, is in. That caused all sorts of shakeups. You've got Brian Kelly leaving out of nowhere to go to LSU. You've got... Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon to go to to go to back home to Miami.
1: Poor Manny While Diaz. Manny five.
0: Diaz was still employed <laughs> out recruiting, and they're offering somebody. They spent seventeen million dollars buying out coaches, and Manny was still recruiting for them up until the point that the check was put in his hand. Like respect. Re- I don't. I don't respect Manny after what he did to Temple. That's a whole. After what he did at Texas, and then what he did at Temple, sure. Manny, you deserved it. I'm sorry, you did, but a lot of a lot of that is opening up some things for Texas, and we'll talk recruiting a little bit later in the show, and we'll talk probably at length next week since early signing period is next week. But the big news of the day, at least for Texas, is the new NIL opportunities that were announced in the last, I don't know, seven days or so. Uh, So the first one was, this kind of came out of nowhere. There had been some rumblings that some stuff was happening. Texas fans were getting a little... I don't know how to say it. Uh, persnickety maybe is a, <laughs> what my grandma used to say that Texas was kind of falling behind in the NIL arms race. Well, Texas uh, jumped out ahead with the Clark Field Collective which is launched at a $10 million commitment to basically create NIL opportunities for players as well as put some money straight up in their pockets. Large board of people and a large group of investors TJ Ford and Kenny Vaccaro were kind of the two athlete representatives at least from the men's sports. But uh Local sports marketing kind of guy, Nick Shuley, is leading the charge. And like I said, it's open to all the sports, but the football players are estimated to earn somewhere uh, in the range of $100,000 annually from the Clark Field Collective as a baseline, not just the opportunities that uh, this group presents to them for marketing.
1: Do they negotiate, you know, uh, statistical bonuses in there too? Do they have contractual obligation? I'm kidding, uh, but you know, it, it is—it's pretty amazing. It's great that there is a baseline that that everyone is getting, and then you're starting to see some other things that will come with that. And you saw the university now looks embarrassing. They're their five Gs that they threw out six Gs for, uh, you know, being being a good student too. But it it, it feels like. All the different sources, uh, Texas donors are finally opening the the pocketbooks, opening the wallets, and flexing a bit of the muscle. And, I mean, it has to be a little bit infuriating if you're, you know, Texas Tech with your new coach. Who, McGuire's a great coach and going to be a great recruiter, but you just you probably can't do it at least, you know, as many donors deep as you can at Texas. If you're TCU, who's has a lot of money, has a, uh, you know, a, a new, new coach from across town, just probably can't do it quite well afford to go with a bidding war where texas is smu again very 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 rich school um but you know it it just the depth of rich donors at texas it makes me feel like this is step one a a beautiful brilliant massive step one that i feel like people will also try to copy around the country but uh nonetheless I, i i feel like this is not the last you'll hear
0: Texas Tech can likely buy one key recruit, and we'll talk about that later, but uh, they won't have the deep pockets, I think, to go uh, as wide as Texas is because, again, just this morning at the time of recording, um, Horns with Heart, a new organization that's going to do, it's it's a non-profit that they're going to link athletes with charity organizations to leverage their name, image, and likeness, but they're also going to provide financial compensation for players and athletes to do that. And they're starting with Texas offensive linemen to the tune of 50 K per up to $800,000 as an initial investment. They're now expected to expand beyond the offensive line, but creating what they call the pancake factory, uh, gets some money in the hands of the guys who will theoretically and hopefully keep the quarterbacks upright and, and uh, hopefully get some big names on campus
1: yeah i mean again really really cool and i feel like these are all step one of what we're seeing turning into you know a, a machine which is great i think um you know the the stated purpose of the horns with heart seems to have a even bigger scale than, than just starting with the offensive line which is very cool uh, pancake factory is a very cool name um i hope they also you know just give these guys some pancakes too uh i guess they could buy them now um with with the funds, but yeah, think about, you know, we've had a lot of linemen, and, and Gerald and I are major advocates for, for, if you don't have to, don't play freshman because linemen, the curve is so steep, so come in, take your, take your nice red shirt year, learn under one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, bulk up, get a little bigger, get, get lean, you know, don't eat too many pancakes, get your nutritionist, get your college body, grow into it. So now you have your red shirt year. Play, play, you know, five total years. So in, in that time, basically a player with five seasons uh, and then, you know, the other. Uh, funds added in, you're basically getting a half a milli um, to go to to go to the University of Texas with expenses paid. Um, you know, and, and that's just that's just your income. So um, I have no experience as an offensive lineman. Um, I also don't think I have eligibility left, but I may try. I may throw my hat <laughs> in and see. Seems like a good time to be the big fellas, and I love that for them. Love that for Texas.
0: I mean, a five year player, just player on the offensive line with zero other endorsements, can clear seven fifty, which that'll that'll be pretty sock between the Clark field and the pancake uh factory that's that'll set you up and, and there's a there's a longer conversation to be had about is this you know college football has always just been an amateur league and now that the coaches are getting paid 1570 Mario Cristobal is clearing 80 million million to move uh, on top of whatever he already got paid in Oregon like it's I'm glad that the players are finally getting to see some of the Billions, literal billions of dollars of revenue they're generating for the for the not just universities, but for ESPN and for all of these other companies that are generating revenue off of their labor. And yes, they're they're getting their scholarships, but like if they can get more, I'm totally down for it. And again, football has a shelf life. And so if some of these guys, there's some of these guys that seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars is more money than their their parents and their grandparents have ever made. Sure. Like will ever make, sure. and so this is life-changing, generational-changing, like bondage get get families out of poverty type of money, and that's incredible to me. That's the type of opportunity on top of getting a degree from the finest university I will say in the world will get you. That's an incredible way to boost these young men, and I'm totally down for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 again, I keep coming back to this. I think this is all step one. I feel bad, you know, for the players like Sam Ellinger who missed nil entirely. I also feel a little bit bad for the guys who were year one, like uh, Tope Amade, who was already like an 11th year senior. Um, Just imagine if it was there for all 26 of his years on campus, Um, you know, between him and Denzel Okafor, they had 55 years playing for the University of Texas. Sorry, that keeps growing. Um, But, you know, again, those multi-year big men like that, just missing out on it or getting here for year one when NIL was still kind of getting its roots and getting its feet Uh, underneath itself. I feel like, again, this is kind of that that game change. This is that sea change where you're seeing – Okay, we understand it now. We're willing to do this, and again, there's there's more uh, coming. There's other things. I think once this the machine really gets humming, um, that's where the University of Texas can 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 flex a bit. And you know, it it, it there is no doubt that these types of things shift the College of Bowl landscape uh, further and further from what we knew ten years ago, right? To where it will be ten years from now.
0: It's going to look completely different. I don't even say ten years. Five years from now, sure. it's going to look completely different. And and. It's fine, and the sport's going to change and it's going to evolve, and if it's not for you, I totally get that, but it is what it is. And so on that note, Texas got some some good news and some still up-in-the-air news on the recruiting trail with all the crazy coaching changes. Um, The Norman, Oklahoma – started bleeding a little bit. Uh, Several offensive players put their names in the transfer portal, Uh, players decommitted, and Texas was on the receiving end of one of those decommitments as four-star Lubbock Cooper linebacker Kobe McKenzie, in spite of his dad's protestations on the message board, uh, (laughs) decided to decommit and commit to the University of Texas after a visit in Austin, he committed back to uh, to OU back in January. It was really locked in. Kind of nobody really seemed to knock on his door. Um, and and now with the opening there, Texas decided to to put the offer on the table and do a push for him, and it paid off.
1: Yeah, it's it's a big get for Texas, and I mean that both in terms of you know position number one or two of need maybe let's call it two we're still focusing on the offensive line here uh but you know, number two of need an interior true interior linebacker i feel like we haven't had uh you know you it's sad that we keep referencing this but since the big gabriel floyd commitment that turned into you know the career-ending injury that never allowed him uh to come in in that position there's been a gap that's that's been uh, you know a huge gap and if he, You've seen the size of Kobe McKenzie There's a picture of him standing next to uh, NFL linebacker Kenneth Murray And making him look like his child Um, (laughs) He's just He's just a big big beefy boy 6'3 Gotta be Close to 250, 245, I think, is he's, he's listed at. Uh, Lubbock Cooper just playing in the Plains. Shout-out to Miss Tabor from Lubbock Cooper, the student council sponsor out there from my days. I hope she's still still around um, teaching there. But anyways, uh, Lubbock Cooper out, out, in, out in Lubbock, right? It uh, was an easy trip up to Oklahoma. He got pretty locked in there, and like you said, just taking the – taking the the shot at him i think if you're going to go pick from there there was some there were some good pickings for sure without a doubt but if you look at where texas just needed where you could instantly grab that was the 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 one that you know was the most exciting had the most uh, energy immediately about it and uh, yeah i mean i i just i can't stress enough how big a position of need interior linebacker specifically we've had some decent Outside linebackers, but I mean, you, you look at you look at bringing in uh, JUCO players. Juwan Mitchell was pretty good, but again, had to go the JUCO. Route. We just haven't really been able to fill inside linebacker, interior linebacker, with guys who you know who who have had this type of size, speed. He moves well for his size, and and kind of um, excitement behind him in a while.
0: Yeah, the state of Texas. I've talked about this before. The problem, the one of the biggest problems Texas has with inside linebackers is that the state of Texas has a problem producing inside linebackers. They just don't produce a ton of inside linebackers. And so uh, this becomes the highest ranked inside linebacker Texas has secured since Steve Edmond, if you remember that name Mm -hmm. in 2011. So a decade since Texas has been able to land this highly ranked of an inside linebacker. Now he does also look like he has the body type that if they want to, they could also um, bulk him up a little bit and put him at an edge. But I think with, getting another year out of DeMarvy and overshone which we'll talk about in just a minute. But, like, that need right there is huge. And so he's a guy who could potentially contribute, especially on special teams in year one. He's a guy who will definitely contribute, and I'm excited to see him. The big recruiting news, recruiting-ish news, if you want to call it that, though, is that former Ohio State quarterback and former Texas commit Quinn Ewers hit the transfer portal, and all eyes are on his cr- recruitment with – as you're listening to this, uh, eight days left until the early signing period. Um, as he announced his his as his as name hit the transfer portal, Steve Sarkeesian was in home with him, spent three hours in the home with his family uh, before he went to Lubbock and Fort Worth to visit with them. But this looks like a situation where he's doing his due diligence, and I completely understand that. After reclassifying and going up north, and re- realizing that not only is it cold, but they also don't have gas station breakfast tacos, <laughs> you got to find the right place for you. And if he can, end, if he ends up in Texas, that changes the way that this twenty twenty two class lands.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that, Gerald. The um, getting Quinn Ewers, we understand. Who he is, how good he is I don't think we really need to recap that For those who are late to the party uh, The number one player in this current class 2022 class overall number one quarterback Obviously one of the highest graded high school quarterbacks Since 247 has been You know, grading them uh, That's the same guy He reclassified, went a year early uh, To make his money, good for him Ohio uh, was, was early as a state Allowing NIL payments He went and got his money um, And you know is now in the portal Figuring out where he's going to where he's going to spend hopefully the, the the remainder I don't think it's four years but of a couple years Two of his years. career before going uh you know to the next level he's that type of quarterback he, he has that type of talent and so there is an arms race bidding for him but it's not just getting Quinn Ewers one of the better quarterbacks in the portal one of the better quarterbacks uh young kind of prep unproven quarterbacks so consider recruits or guys who haven't really played in college in the country right just on talent alone we have yet to see it at the college level but on talent alone he is all of those things but he also shifts the, the the landscape of recruiting because there is an energy to him of recruits wanting to play with him the same way when we got malik murphy there was receivers who said yeah we want to play with malik that's a big deal these quarterbacks will bring guys with them right so so it makes sense that viewers will go quick before signing day is kind of the thinking because um it then you know falls Nicely in line. Whoever gets him, they can go get his favorite targets. Uh, and and whichever team it is that lands uh, Quinn Ewers will also probably get a couple commitments off the back of that uh, for players coming to play with him. So it is a big uh, a big deal. It is. Um, there, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now in the portal in the recruiting with coaches moving. I mean, this is as hectic a week of football, but I still think out of all of the storylines across the board, Quinn Ewers, his potential, the players he brings with him, the, the way he can step in most likely to, to any program and, and just start slinging it uh, is probably the biggest name out there.
0: There have been five perfect scores according to the 247 composite. Only one has been a quarterback. And that quarterback's name was Vincent Young from Houston-Madison High School in 2002. <laughs> Heard of him. And I'm not saying that Quinn Ewers is the why, but I'm saying that when you're trying to find a comparison as to how good this kid is coming out of high school, he is, at least based on the recruiting rankings, comparable to the greatest quarterback to ever walk on the 40 acres. So, I like, guess a big recruitment, but I will say – If you're one of the people that's hanging your entire hope on this kid, I put it out there on Twitter that... The quarterback in this 2022 class could potentially raise the ceiling of where Texas is at. But they look to be, and we'll have have Mike or Nick on. They're both super busy right now, so we'll see if either of them have some time in the next couple of weeks. But the offensive line and the way that the offensive line could close in this class is going to raise the floor. And right now the floor is way more important than the ceiling with this class. I think we saw what Casey Thompson and Hudson Card both can do when the offensive line is playing well. And we saw what happened early in the season when Denzel Locavor got hurt and then the plate started to wobble and Texas started to uh, flounder a little bit, but there there are guys now that Texas has a shot. Um, I think without with or without Quinn Ewers to to pull in this class that will and and don't hear me saying that I'm, I'm I'm not all in on like Quinn Ewers would be great, but there's a there's this kid named Malik Murphy out in California. He's doing really good things with his high school. We'll talk about it later. Uh, and I think either the guy like if you can improve on the offensive line and you add a wide receiver or two in the portal and or like Brennan Thompson in this class. I think Texas has, has enough to show progress in year two, enough to keep things moving in the right direction. Again, the, the offensive line in this class is what's going to raise the floor and the ceiling of what Texas can do.
1: Yeah, and, and again, if you're not following us on Twitter, I don't know what the heck you're doing. If you don't have a Twitter account, go create one to follow the show on Twitter. That's where you get the best stuff uh, on the instant daily. Of course, our podcasts are, are wonderful, but uh, you you'll get the more immediate. And Gerald actually tweeted it out from the show account, and I thought was perfect. Exactly that that thought that you know the floor versus the ceiling. The quarterback raises the the ceiling. The the O line raises the floor. And right after, like uh, an hour and a half after Gerald again tweeted that he he. He may not be great at Pod Stradamus, but he's pretty good at Twitter Stradamus. Uh After he put that out, the the uh, Pancake Factory uh, offensive line or offensive line nil stuff came out. So I don't know if if Gerald is moving the market. I assume so, uh, but you should be following our our Twitter because you know that's that's where the news is breaking. But no, I think you're right, Gerald. And the interesting thing to think about there, and I know you focus on the big guys on the beef, rightfully so, because that's. Honestly, where football is one, there are recruits in this class, but also we've kind of mixed portal and recruits here in this segment. Uh, And I think that's that's rightfully so, because I don't think Steve Sarkeesian is looking at this as I need this and this and this from here and one of these. from No, he's saying I need guys. Right. I need to fill this. And so I think there's some really interesting offensive line uh, portal targets as well. So I think there will be a combination of both. I think you will probably not see, and I think gr- due to graduations, of course you won't see the same starting five from the Texas offensive line. Uh, you know, but I think in the next couple of days we'll see just how different that's going to be. If there's some more experienced guys coming in who have some, some interesting upside, uh, you know, can any of those guys be immediate plug and play? Are there any freshmen, you know, who, who are that talented, even though we, we say we don't want freshmen in there, but if they're that good and they're the best at the spot, You know, it might be rough for a couple games, but blood him out there. And in, you know, in the line, I think there's going to be some different faces, different names uh, playing, you know, in that offensive line. Not to say Kyle Flood can't coach up the guys who were there, but I think, again, to look at that floor and ceiling, the ceiling on some of these names we're talking about from an offensive line standpoint is higher probably than some of the guys on the current roster, though Flood has lifted that floor uh, significantly from Week one, uh, when, when he, you know, when he got here over the course of a season. So, all those things said, keep an eye this week on our Twitter, on, on, uh, the, the good Texas. There's some other accounts we've mentioned them before to, to be following, but, uh, it's coming, coming wild and fast this week. So, uh, try to, try to stay on top of it. Uh, but also, you know, take a break every once in a while. It's okay to put the phone down every once in a while.
0: Don't let your recruiting news highs get too high. Your recruiting, news lows get too low and do not for the love of god hang on every emoji and every random (laughs) tweet that these kids send out because at this point they're all trying to boost their follower numbers for nil deals so now's the part of the show where we actually will talk about some sports and we whip around the rest of the campus and we down the 40 so Keeping it on football briefly, uh, Texas got some good news on the defensive side of the ball specifically. Uh, three starters from the 2021 team uh, that were presumably or could have the option to leave in Keandre Coburn, Deshaun Jameson, and DeMarvian Overshone, all confirmed via social media. We'll all be returning for another year on the 40 acres. I think for all three of those guys, it's probably a combination of they are able to make some money in college due to the the NIL changes. So they'll be able to, uh, they don't need to go to the league to get paid and they can improve their draft stock. And I think they're buying into what Texas is trying to sell to the six. You saw Demarvin and overshone tweet out a a few days before this announcement that these young guys, these 22 guys are making me want to stay. And so it seems like some of those, those uh, those three guys are really bought into what Texas is trying to do moving forward. And, it's never a bad thing to have a twenty-three-year-old vocal leader in your locker room, like these three guys are.
1: When you look at uh, Campbell and his team at Iowa State, admittedly, we lo- we loved the image of him with his seniors on Senior Day. But you look at what they were able to do, and I am not comparing our program to Iowa State. There is a lot of differences there, but they were able to do it with some super seniors, with you know, basically at every position they had. You know a lot of senior folks at at linebacker with Mike Rose, at quarterback with Brock Purdy, at running back with Brees Hall, was a junior. This was his last uh, game. And at receiver was Xavier Hutchinson, with tight end at Charlie Kohler. That's why Iowa State, actually, a lot of people thought was going to be even better than they were this year. Um, But you look at Oklahoma State, you look at their defense with Malcolm Reese. you look at a lot of these um, teams that did well in the Big 12 this year, um, and it was because they had a lot of senior talent. They had a lot of just guys who had been in a system for a while Uh, Texas doesn't necessarily have that benefit. Again, these are all, uh, you know, we're we're looking at defensive guys here in a defense that right now is on coordinator number three, you know, and and we'll see in what happens. There could be more in in theory. Um, So, so maybe that stability is in there, but still just that locker room continuity is important. Uh, You hope, as guys get to that super senior level and you realize that you're the last one left, you know you're you're the oldest one in the room. You, you even if you're not naturally the outspoken leader, I think you you take those on. Um, I think all three of those guys uh, are in theory leaders on that defense. So we'll see. I think it'll be a good mix of some young guys taking a step up and and getting more vocal and holding account, and hopefully these uh, people, you know, all three players who who we had high hopes for this season had good years maybe not elite years, whether it was due to injury, whether it was due to, you know, scheme, uh, matchup, whatever. Um, Guys who I think all have first-day NFL draft talent if they can put it together one more uh, year. Jameson, again, didn't get his return touchdowns that we thought he'd get. He might be coming just for, for some more of those. Uh, but Coburn, again, has the size, has the mass, has the ability, if he can get his weight right, if he can get his motor right, to be you know a, a top two- or three-round NFL guy. He has that talent. we have to see it. And then Overson, again, another year at a linebacker position that he's growing every game into, and though he's uh, now had a full – year plus COVID year to do that. I think one more year at linebacker could be really special for him. Um, and it'll be interesting if there's some new players bled in that help these guys look better because the defense has some new blood talent uh, infused.
0: That is exactly what you want to see. Again, especially in a league like the big 12, where it has Pivoted more defense, especially when you see Baylor and Oklahoma State winning with defense. It's pivoted defense, but they're still going to run you and they're still going to move you. And so being able to rotate three, 320 plus pound, in Coburn's case, 346 pound defensive tackles in and out in this three-man front is important. Having DeMarvian overshown and multiple linebackers, we saw the impact that his availability or lack thereof had in the defense. And Deshaun Jameson is a playmaker. It is what it is. He struggled in coverage a couple times. You and I called him out specifically in coverage a couple of times. But, like, he is a guy who can spark plays for you on special teams, and you can't overstate that. Uh, Now, on the other side of things, uh, some players that are taking their talents uh, elsewhere, Josh Thompson announced he is preparing for the NFL draft, while Marcus Caldwell, Rafiti Gramai, Kai Money, Marcus Tillman, and Alvante Woodard all announced that they would be hitting the transfer portal. This is going to be a continuing thing. Starkeesian mentioned it, talked about it. We all knew there was going to be roster churn. He talked about 33 new guys on the team, and, well, this is how that happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 Gerald and I have never shied from saying we wish every player who's ever played a down or or you know a practice at the University of Texas, someone who came worn
0: the jersey, who
1: came to the University of Texas at any point, we will root for them as they go. Shoot, we were watching Iowa or uh, Utah football to see how Cam Rising was doing. You know, we we once a Longhorn, always a Longhorn. Yeah, if you burn us, you know who knows. But um, <laughs> you know, we we wish. All of, of those players, true and immediate success wherever they go. If their careers uh, are ending, I think Kai Money is done um, playing. But for Caldwell, Tillman, Woodard, uh, Grumai, and, and some of those, uh, Woodard was a can't miss receiver prospect. Rafiti Grumai had offers from every school you would imagine who's good at offensive lineman. Um, you know Caldwell was a was an interesting take. He was a tall cornerback, and Herman loved that. So maybe there's a you know a team where that is is best suited to him. So um, it's all of these guys have the potential that they could make an impact on a team. It'll be curious where they go. Look at Byron Vaughn's a guy who we've been rooting, uh, the heck for, for, uh, winning the uh, conference championship at Utah state, you know, g- good for him going out and, Getting the time, seeing the field, starting, and, and making an impact, and, and wish the same for all of those guys. Josh Thompson, in the NFL is interesting because we might be relying on Thompson when when you know people start tweeting snarky things about Longhorns not having draft draft picks. Uh, Thompson might be the one, like he might be the only guy who's who's even in. Um, that category with the other players we mentioned all uh, coming back, the, the three we mentioned before. So um, we also want some success there. We like guys in the NFL. Uh, it makes the Berno and section fun and uh, keeps, you know, snarky tweets at a
0: minimum. We, you, and I are openly celebrating Byron Vaughn's winning Defensive Player of the Game for the mm-hmm. Mountain West Championship. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we love seeing these guys succeed. Now, that being said, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again: like if the guy doesn't want to buy into the culture, then it's not a loss; yep. it is a win. Yep. That is an absolute win. And I'm not saying I'm not talking down on these guys. That's just how the way. That's just the way culture building works. People make the culture better one of two ways: buying in. And selling out or opting out. And those are both good outcomes for Texas. And that's okay.
1: That's absolutely right. And think back again to the fact that these guys commit, I mean, A to a head coach, right? A different head coach, a different regime, a different vision for the program. But B to a position coach, right? A lot of times you are and if you're not if you've never been around a football program, you're so entrenched in your position room with your position coach. Those are your friends. So those are the people you talk to. That's who you're texting. That's who's checking in on you. That's you're going over to his house for dinner. That's who you're seeing. That is your closest person. So you think about, you know, players who came to Texas under a position coach, maybe two position coaches ago. Again, with all this churn and turnover that we have, this is what you get. And sometimes you just have misfit. Like again, I said Caldwell was a tall corner. That was what that that kind of group prioritized. Not necessarily what the, the current regime is looking for, just not a fit, right? And you have, you know, Alvante Woodard, who maybe he really bought into what we were looking at back then with an off. It, it's just tough for these players. And this is going to happen. And like Gerald said, not a bad thing. And in fact, is a good thing because like the guys coming back for another year, they're buying into the new culture, the the Sarkeesian vision culture. And that's why, again, we stress, keep the coaches, keep As many players as you can, keep that intact because the ones who were there, that's how you build the things, right? We're not going to go junction boys and take them out to the middle of the thing and have to almost kill them for to create a a culture. We can do it other ways, but I think them buying in like this is, is a good sign for those who are coming back. And again, wish all of those who don't well in success.
0: Absolutely. Wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors. Number two, volleyball swept through the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament sweeping Sacred Heart 29 to 9, 25 to 19 25 to 17 25 to 19 swept Rice 25 21 25 23 and 25 19 Rice played him close earlier in the year As well, big outings for Logan Eggleston, who had a combined 30 and a half points in those two matches, and a whopping this is insane 23 digs, which is more than nalani Iosia, the uh defensive specialist in Libero, which is absolutely insane to talk about.
1: Absolutely, I mean, just just as good a start as you could ask for. across these two games rice gave them a really good test but they still were able to sweep that's what you want like a, a rice team that's been a little tricky for texas in, in previous uh years but uh you know it i did not break my tuscaloosa heart to uh to see sacred heart I'm, i was going to try to squeeze in about nine more scrubs references but i will spare y'all uh quick plug for scrubs if you haven't watched it one of the best comedies of all time the hospital is called sacred heart anyways uh but a, a great start uh, with those two teams, um, really interesting stuff on the horizon here, Gerald. I don't know if you saw this. Next up for Texas, they're taking on number 15, Washington. This will be at home in Gregory Gymnasium. They're hosting uh, the regional. Uh, if they win that, they'll take on the winner of Nebraska, Illinois. So, just wanted to point out that from right, from left to right, the bracket is Longhorn logo, Washington, Illinois, Nebraska. So, if you read that out phonetically, the region is Texas win. I don't think that's a mistake. I think that is an omen for a national championship run for Jared Elliott's uh, amazing team. I'm not putting too much
0: pressure on them, but they have the talent. They have the omen. Now he's got to do it. Number 7-8 men's basketball defeats UT Rio Grande Valley after kind of a scary first half. 88-58, to 58, much more convincing margin for them.
1: Yeah, 42-17 in the second half is, is 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 a molly whopping, I think, is what you call that. Christian Bishop had a game-high slash season-best, 17 points, two steals, 13 for both Timmy Allen and Trey Mitchell, some of the usual suspects there. Uh, Mitchell also had five assists, five rebounds. Marcus Carr, 11, four t- assists, and zero turnovers, which I like to see double-digit points, moving the ball pretty well, no turnovers, still trying to find exactly what his role is uh, in the offense, and, and we'll get a good chance – to find it against a good opponent. Really their best um, opponent besides Gonzaga, who's obviously very good, uh, will be coming up this Thursday in New York City, Gerald. Seton Hall, number 25. Uh, A pretty good team uh, in the kind of Big East, Big 12 challenge. Um, A top 25 matchup lurks.
0: Finally. Glad there's a... Fun, (laughs) another fun non-conference matchup until watch number fourteen women's basketball. Uh, This was supposed to be a competitive contest, uh, but come to find out, Texas A&M does indeed suck, and Texas beat them seventy-six to sixty on their home court. Is part of the Big Twelve SEC challenge wasn't very challenging though.
1: Love that. Uh, Leah Mathuro just continues to be, like, Steph Curry hot, or maybe Clay Thompson hot. He holds the record for NBA points in a quarter. Uh, When she gets going, especially from deep, just – it's lights out. She was five of nine from deep. Yet again, another game where she had all the three-pointers made for the University of Texas. Game I-26, um, she just she she gets in fuego. Uh, Vernon Maxwell used to be called the microwave. We'll need to come up with a good uh, Aliyah through. I'm going to call her. I'm, I'm throwing out there the Air Fryer as an initial nickname. We'll workshop it because uh, it cooks quick. Uh, Rory Harmon also proves to be the absolute and utter real deal freshman had a uh, almost double-double, 18, and a team-high nine assist. Vistiana Gaston 10, with six rebounds. Lauren Ebo, eight and seven. Audrey Warren led the team with nine rebounds and 1,000% heart.
0: Gives Texas A&M their first loss of the season, reminding them just who their betters are. Texas improves to six and one on the season. Next up for Texas is Idaho. Those potato folks on Saturday back at the Irwin Center. But now is the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum, brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So, Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week?
1: Even though UT played on Friday during Thanksgiving and then I watched football all day Saturday, and then basically the past week has been coaching changes, recruiting Twitter Uh, message board wildness portal madness it's just been nuts there's always room for a little more football gerald so uh the the schedule is officially finally announced for uh the 2022 texas football season and there is some energy that this could be the final season in the big 12 for the university of texas and the university uh of of oklahoma if they're not pouting and, and decides to still go. Um, <laughs> they're hurting y'all. Just be nice. Uh, but Texas has uh, a, a, pretty, a pretty good schedule, a, a pretty tough schedule, I will say, that was released. Um, they start the season with UL Monroe. So they, they got Lafayette last year and, and Monroe this year. Um, <laughs> and then they get Alabama uh, the, the next week, followed by UTSA. I honestly don't know which one of those is harder. Um, but the, the the nice thing is that all three of those are at home. We saw how good Texas played at home versus away this year. Um, so I think um, – Kansas we, we not included uh, but especially the early <laughs> season played better at home uh, so it will be good to get Alabama at home before having to go to the SEC uh, and, and figure out you know what our scheduling with them will look like UTSA uh, again trailers doing a great great job with that program it's a trap game coming immediately after Alabama and it, it definitely scares me similar as we had Arkansas and Louisiana back to back you know it can be tough when you get up for one and the next one you know sucker punches did they follow that up with Texas Tech with their new coach uh, and then at home with West Virginia and then to the Cotton Bowl to kind of reset uh, versus OU, which will be such an interesting game, the, the post-Lincoln OU and what they look like under Coach Venables. Um, Iowa State at home, which, again, going to Iowa State's always terrible and weird. So they get both West Virginia and Iowa State, the two worst Big 12 trips at home. They won't have to make those, uh, again, assuming they go to the SEC. And then they close it out with a, with a really interesting little stretch here because Oklahoma State, who, again, was in the Big 12 championship, Kansas State, who weirdly, Texas has found a way to to win, but I just think they're, they're a team on the up. Uh, TCU with a new coach, no Patterson again, really weird. No, no Lincoln Riley, no Patterson uh, when we play these, but TCU will be at home. Kansas revenge game uh and then close it out (laughs) last game of the year uh for thanksgiving against baylor which for me will be interesting the the i have to i'm contractually obligated to say baylor won the big 12 championship congrats to my wife uh the the big 12 champion baylor bears on thanksgiving will make for again in my household an interesting interesting uh thanksgiving game uh so yeah or thanksgiving week game so i think it's it's a really Good schedule. It lines up with some good home games. The trip to Oklahoma State will be tough. Obviously, the 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 post Lincoln when OU could or should be down, Oklahoma game will be interesting. Uh, what Iowa State looks like? No coaching changes yet, um, but a ton of senior departures. Um, just a, a really interesting season. And then of course you play Alabama, and and you play a really good up used UTSA, which you did not think was going to necessarily be a tough game scheduled immediately after Bama. So just a really interesting season. Already can't wait for it.
0: To your point about being contractually obligated to say that Baylor won, happy spouse, happy house, man. That's what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. That UTSA game is like dangerously close to my birthday next year. I might have to find a way to make it to Austin to celebrate the big three six. I'm so old, but I'm banging the drum this week on quarterbacks in the class of 2022, but not the one that you are probably thinking of. Um, there's been a lot of clamor this week about Quinn Ewers, who uh, committed to Texas and then decommitted to Texas and ended up at all. We, we talked about it already, all the craziness with him. Um, but a guy who's been all Texas, a very vocal leader in this class of 2022, and is having an absolutely, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it, incredible senior season, uh, is Malik Jefferson, the guy who's currently committed to be the quarterback of the 2022 class. He threw a game-winning touchdown to send his team to the state finals this last weekend, and we're not really talking about it. This is a guy who's been a cornerstone of this class. He was a five-star, came to Texas, committed on his birthday, and led the charge as a big piece of this class, and we're kind of just like, "Uh, maybe not. We've got this other guy. There's this prettier girl that I want to date, and it's like, don't hear me saying that the Ewers race is not important to Texas, but we can't lose sight of the guys who really, really want to be at Texas. And I'm not the guy that says, just recruit the kids that want to be here. Like, Whatever. Get the five stars in however you want to do it. But what I am saying is guys like Malik Murphy, guys like Derek Brown, who's going on Instagram live every night trying to convince other recruits to come to Texas, guys like Justice Finkley who are joining him, who wants to go to med school, and that's part of the reason why he came to Texas. Like These are all the guys that like we should be celebrating and pining for just as much as as the kid with the bleached mullet from South Lake Carroll. And it's they're both equally important to building the culture of what Texas wants to do, right? Guys like Quinn Ewers are very, very important to the culture of what Texas wants to do. But guys who absolutely bleed burnt orange are just as, if not more important than your blue chip guys because the guys who bleed burnt orange are the guys who are going to build the culture that your coaches want. And when push comes to shove, the culture's been rotten at Texas for a very long time, and something needs to change. And guys like Malik Murphy are hopefully the ones to do it.
1: There was a guy who had a, a pretty crazy belief and a pretty good star next to his name, named recently uh, referenced him Vincent Young, who came in and basically changed a culture himself and and willed a program himself and saw a culture morph now a head coach needs that guy and we'll see who, who is going to be that guy but um i think buying in and bleeding burn oranges is, is a great thing and buying in and, and and letting sarkeesian have trust in you to open the throttle and truly be i don't know if many times this season for four straight quarters he was all gas no breaks, because there was this that that little bit of of a mentality where he couldn't be the autobahn where he had to think about some things in the offense and i think you know it, the, the difference between these is maybe Malik Murphy takes a little bit more time to get there versus Ewers coming in day one. Maybe they could both have it. Maybe there's quarterbacks who aren't on campus yet. Who, who might, you know, we don't know. Um, but I, I do think you saw the photos this week of Casey Thompson's swollen and gorged hand. And you just kind of felt, you know, between some issues with both our quarterbacks this year, that, some some a lot of gas and, and some breaks and occasionally you know the steering wheel was tossed out the window like against tcu and neither of our quarterbacks could stand up <laughs> uh or excuse me uh, against west virginia when neither of our quarterbacks could stand up so quarterback is important but let's get the right guy and again i believe in what sark is selling these recruits certainly do these arch mannings these quinn ewers these malik murphy's these elite guys certainly do so let's see what it can look like whoever takes the quarterback uh, you know, can, can look like with, with a fully realized Steve Sarkeesian offense at the University of Texas.
0: And that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the Internet? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carbon. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at G.H. Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at dot. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. We will be back on Thursday. Until next time, hook 'em.
1: Hook 'em. Oh, you still?
0: Sucks.